Hope you're ready for some tough questions. I'm going to start you off with a loaded one. After a COVID-induced industry hiatus, This Is Us was set to return on November 10th. It was pushed back, pushed up two weeks. The cast shot on weekends, and the editors only finished the episodes one and two cut this last Thursday. What about these episodes did they want to address or communicate that they had to play them before the election? Honestly, I don't know why they did move it up two weeks, because really I feel like this could have been played at any time. It didn't feel like it was significant as to what might happen in the next week? Yeah, I mean, they definitely bring up things that are like big talking points, like you hear about coronavirus and the George Floyd protests, but it didn't seem like they were really trying to like make it sway anyone or anything. Okay. Well, there was a mixed response to when they originally said that they were coming out early. Some people were saying, okay, this is our escape from reality. Uh, Leave the politics out of it. (laughs) Yeah, okay. And then there was another part of the show base which said, this show has always been political. Mandy Moore's character, Rebecca, literally calls her mom racist in in an episode three seasons back. Randall and his father have been racially profiled. And how can you really accuse a show of jumping on a Black Lives Matter PC bandwagon when one of its central plot lines involves an interracial adoption? I mean, diversity has always been part of this show. In fact, the background writing staff is 30% black compared to the industry standard 5%. Okay. And that's a decision made by Dan Fogelman, who created the show. Yeah, and I think he's created a, a couple other shows because yeah, I so, recognize the name. Yeah, Dan Fogelman, as in Crazy Stupid Love, mm-hmm. the same guy who did Me and Earl and the Dying Girl. Oh, okay. He also did that show Pitch. Do you remember Pitch? Wasn't that like a singing show? No, 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 no. It's a show about, uh, it has another hero. Oh, 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 Pitch. Uh, yeah, that's the baseball one, right? About the girl who's yeah. a baseball player. And it doesn't really make sense, the plot line, because the pitch that she learns that makes her so special is one that would definitely screw up your arm. <laughs> and uh, you wouldn't want to try it. Yeah. But it was also another wholehearted, feel-good type show, a family drama, but it just never took off. Yeah. Then you have him also doing things like Gallivant. And then also Cars, which I found to be a straight ripoff of Doc Hollywood, if you've ever seen that movie. But overall, again, Dan Fogelman is pretty well known, pretty respected in the industry. And he even said that this episode was five times faster than any turnaround that he's ever had on any other episode of TV ever. And so that's why I'm curious, what made it so important to do it right now? Well, as stated before, the the I'll just start off by saying the episode uh, kind of centers around Randall, who is the uh, African American baby that they meet in the first episode, um, and you kind of really get his sense about how he's looking at society because the first time you see the George Floyd uh, video, you don't see it, but you see him watching it, and then it kind of revolves around him and him talking to uh, Kate, who is his sister, where he has kind of a really angered discussion, somewhat, Mm -hmm. of him being like, look, when I was younger, I really couldn't say how I truly felt. And that's on the foot of something that happened in the season four finale, and we'll Mm -hmm. get to that in a second. But as far as the first 15 minutes were concerned, that was supposed to catch up the entire audience for the entire summer. So what did they do in that? Did they speed up some sort of montage, or how did that work? What ended up happening was you saw the previously, and then once the previously ended, it starts right off from, I guess, where season four ended, where... um, Madison has just told Kevin that uh, she's pregnant with twins. Yeah, she's just broke the news. Yeah, and Kevin is, like, incredibly happy. And then uh, we get kind of cut to Randall's storyline 
um, where we learn about coronavirus and Randall is like, oh God, Tom Hanks has coronavirus. And like, it's supposed to kind of, it was, it was weird seeing such kind of what feels like recent events uh, being portrayed in this episode, mm -hmm. just because, you know, usually I don't see it. I even wrote it down here, like things with social distancing and connecting, uh, you got like to see basically the stories uh, delivered over Zoom, but here you usually don't see those type of stories delivered like in real life. Yeah, so to jump ahead to the reviews real quick, uh, we even got the Daily Beast, which was talking about This Is Us. And it says it's a great series for being the first one in the COVID outing. Yeah. Like, of course, we had the shows you just talked about, Social Distance. And those were shows based on the coronavirus and what we could do at the right. time. Of yeah. But this is the first real TV show that's existed for quite some time, the highest rated one on network TV. Mm -hmm. And it's taking in the COVID stuff and adapting it into their own storyline. Yeah, and so it was really cool to see that, especially within the first 15 minutes, because in this continuation scene from the final scene of the fourth season, they're able to bring in coronavirus, like, straight away. So you know that, like, that wasn't originally in the script, but yeah, they decided they did to, have to yeah, do rewrites. Yeah, go ahead. I expected so. And then, like, later on in this opening scene, we see that Kevin is speaking to Kate, and he's basically telling her that he's, just, uh, like, expecting twins, and she's, like, six feet back, so you see him, like, have to, like, walk back. and So they're making jokes, poking fun, right yeah. at the top of the thing. Yeah. Yeah. So this episode dealt with the aftermath of a big fight in season four, which they probably hinted at. Yeah, they showed. Yeah. In present day, Rebecca is showing signs of dementia, mm -hmm. right? Rebecca is uh, Mandy signs. Moore. Yeah. Yeah. And when Kevin finds out that Randall has actually convinced her to join a clinical trial, which I find out is canceled now yeah. because of COVID, yeah. uh, instead of spending what little time she has left with her family, things are said which can't really be taken back. And I'll say yeah. the line if you didn't hear it. It says, I used to think that the worst thing that happened to me was the day that dad died. And that's Kevin speaking. Yeah. It's the day that they brought you home. Hand to God, Randall, the worst thing that ever happened to me was the day they brought you yeah, home. Yeah, they, they showed that. And this episode deals with that. What I found cool is that I saw the pilot of This Is Us, and it kind of goes back to that storyline. Like, you see Jack and Rebecca, when they were younger, about to go to the hospital. Mm -hmm. You also um, get William's storyline as to, or William is the uh, actual father of Randall. Yes, you biological get father. what actually happens to him. So it almost felt like I was watching the second episode of the series, even though this was season five because it was dealing with stuff that i actually knew about which i found kind of cool the connections go even deeper than that at the end of the first season there's a big fight between jack and rebecca and they mandy moore and uh, milo they both like <laughs> i can't pronounce his last yeah. name uh yeah so they both sat in different places like they moved their seats away from each other to mm -hmm. kind of get into like that anger mode yeah. do you want to guess what these two did Kevin and uh, and Sterling K um, Randall's Sterling character, K. Brown, who I'll, I'll guess in a second. I just want to say it's pretty cool because I've seen him in a ton of stuff recently. He's almost unrecognizable. Yeah, I've well, seen him in uh, Waves, which came out last year. Hotel Artemis. Uh, he was in Supernatural, right, for a couple episodes. That was, yeah, quite long. Ago. Yeah, but I. I those and that was by far his best performance. Him as a vampire? <laughs> yes. Yeah, right. like that was where he learned his dramatic chops. And I think technically he should have won an Emmy. <laughs> um, anyways, yeah. So apparently no method acting went in, into this last like fight scene. Huh. Like uh, Kevin's character and uh, like they're able to separate themselves and poke fun at each other oh, and cool. kind of like uh, just disagree about whose fault it is. But besides <laughs> that, just have a fun time with it. So not method actors at all when wow. it comes to that yeah. stuff. And, uh, I just want to say I know that you usually ask who my favorite character was. I'd say in this episode, it was I like I think the whole entire cast is likable, but I think I like Kevin the most. Yeah, he was kind of the star of last season. He kind of had a transition as a character in the first few seasons. He was a little selfish, or he was 
there, there were problems that yeah. he had on. I think he cheated on his wife or oh. something. Yeah, well, not in real life. No, of course not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Justin Hartley, who plays Kevin, he went through this progression, and so a lot of people were having to pick sides, whether they were agreeing more with Randall and more uh, or more with Kevin. What did you think Kate had to do the same thing kind of here? She had to play the media- mediator. Yeah, she refers to herself as Switzerland when she wants Randall to talk to um Yeah, from the big Kevin. three, she's kind of, as you said, Switzerland. So yeah. what did that discussion look like? Oh, uh, well, when she goes out to speak to Randall, because uh, I'll give a quick thing that happens. Does she have more than one conversation with him in the episodes or just the I one? mean, it's it's the only one with them two only. Okay, because um, I thought there was one where he was bringing up the Black Lives Matter and everything. Yeah, and it's that one. Okay, uh, so but go ahead. Yeah. Basically, what ended up happening was uh, Manny Moore uh, was about to go out and get a cake because it revolves around the three and their birthday. Mm -hmm. Um, and like everyone in the family is kind of like iffy on it. They're not sure if that's a great thing, but then like Rebecca seems to be showing really good signs of like that. She's not kind of going crazy. So they're like, okay, you know, you can go get a cake and then just come back or whatever. Uh, What ends up happening is, is that, uh, she has a really big episode in a Chinese restaurant about trying to find her phone so she can call her son. We actually see the other half of that episode or half of that situation take place last season, but there's a plot hole because the cops, when they bring her back home, right. they weren't wearing masks because oh, that was before yeah. COVID. <laughs> and so they had to write in the masks when they brought her home this time. So <laughs> people so caught true. that and they were like, okay, well, this it was cool that they weaved it together, right. but at the same time, obviously not what they yeah, it would... originally meant to do. Go ahead. Uh, Anyways, when, uh, so we get Randall and he goes down to the cabin, even though he doesn't really want to see his family at this point, just to figure out what's happening with his mom. And he speaks to his mom and we realize that Rebecca had, I guess, poison ivy on her hand because she's starting a garden and the medications that she was taking caused her to kind of have this huge episode along with the fact that she had uh, dementia. So people were like, oh, she was acting fine. And then she went crazy just thinking it was one of these like things that they couldn't predict, but it was just the medication that she was having. So so says Randall. Yeah. Okay. And, yeah. And so when Randall's leaving, cause he's like, I gotta go. I just want to spend time with my family. That's when Kate comes out and is like, Hey, you need to speak to Kevin because at this point you guys need to like, you know, get it together. And that's when uh, Randall just kind of it's not one of those things where he loses it, but he gets gets very serious, and that's when he mentions the fact that um, when he was younger, he had to keep things in, and that, like, at this point, uh, Kate starts kind of crying because of that, and Randall's like, usually I would go over there, and I would hug you, and I would tell you that's okay, but I don't want to do that anymore, because where does that leave me? It's exhausting. I just kind of want to go back to my family, and then Kate's like, okay, and he leaves. And this all takes place at the cabin? Yeah. Okay. Watching that as an audience member, how did it make you feel? Did you feel like it was an effective scene? Because yeah. I've seen a lot of reviews that praised his performance. I thought, yeah, I thought that uh, Stanley and Kate Brown did a really good job this episode, and especially that scene. It's kind of the pinnacle of the scene, because it's funny. You think that the, this is us, uh, like, really put up this scene where Randall, or sorry, Kevin opens the door and he sees Randall. Like, that was in the promo, the end of the promo and everything, get people really excited. But the scene where they kind of work things out happens right afterward, and it's kind of have a lighthearted scene where uh kevin just goes out to randall and it's like hey i'm having a boy and a girl which we that's news to the viewer at this point and he's like i'm ready for the boy but i'm not so ready for the girl any advice and then randall is basically like yeah the mom's gonna be way better at it than you are and then he leaves so it was funny how this scene that they were kind of like hyping up like oh this could be another big fight was just this like really lighthearted scene mm-hmm 
And so when Rebecca went out for cake, right? Yeah. Every episode that begins the season for This Is Us is always centered around their birthdays, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this is the 40th one. So this is 40. So they brought in Judd Apatow to direct. And Wait, are you sure? No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they're in a cabin. And besides that, did you see any of the festivities before this or was it all just drama? Uh, well, you saw that, again, at Randall's house, you saw them getting ready, like, you saw his kids making the cake, and you saw his wife even, like, trying to have sex with them, and he's just like, I'm gonna take a rain check at this point. Uh, and then, <laughs> okay. and then you also see, um, at the cabin, uh, Kate and, what is it, Toby, that's his name? Toby is, yes. Is the, he the guy from the first episode? Indeed, yes. Yeah, you see them kind of saying up this banner that, like, is celebrating their 40th birthday. Chris birth Sullivan, day. who plays Toby, has had some backlash after people found out that he was wearing a fat suit in the early seasons. Oh, really? I didn't... Yeah, because he's that. probably in better was, shape when you saw I him. I was gonna say, yeah. He, he, he and seemed... people were upset that they didn't cast someone more overweight, I guess, uh, that's, to play that yeah. role. Last season, there was a lot of back and forth as to whether or not Kate was I find finding her neighbor attractive or whether or not she was going to stay with huh. uh, Toby. And in some of the future flashes, we're not exactly sure if they're together or not. Um, did it seem like they were fighting at all or if they were had a strong relationship uh, at the time? It seemed like they had a strong relationship. But I know they have a kid together too. Yeah, and it, and they're trying to get an adopted kid. Which any, by, any advancement on that? Yeah, which by the end they were able to. They found a match. So nice. that's what makes me think they have a strong relationship. But we did see Kate kind of really a little bit hurt by the interaction she had um with randall so yeah so she was depressed throughout the episode uh you well throughout the rest of the episode takes place like 20 minutes did randall have the majority of the out of the three of them yeah the the majority of the episode including the backstory which dealt with um william who actually had the name of shakespeare yeah Um, william shakespeare uh, hill is his father yeah and and his mother laurel uh, that that was a big twist that we'll get to, yeah. Okay, yeah. Um, and basically, we see... We'll go ahead and say what the twist is. Well, okay, end. well, in the end, at the very beginning of the episode, we are supposed to think that Laurel's dead, but by the end, she, like, breathes. She, there's a pulse. It's not just the beginning of the episode, it's the entire series. Yeah, the entire, <laughs> yeah. Like, Randall's mom being dead has been a center point from the from just the yeah and, and it yeah. comes right after randall's like i want a year with no surprises and then we get the backflash where she's actually alive and what, what ended up happening was um laurel had taken i believe some drugs and she was kind of like passed out with her eyes open mm-hmm. or they actually resuscitated her yeah and uh william at that point was like oh god she she's dead and then uh they were like we need to get the cops in here and that's when william decides to take off and then uh like a couple minutes after that uh one of the resuscitators feels her palm they're like she there's a pulse and then it was one of those movie scenes where <gasps> and she's like actually alive yeah um but let before, me get to the reviews real quick yeah. on this because like obviously it's a big yeah, uh, that's plot a big, point yeah and you want to hear what people say on imdb this episode the both of them together have an 8.8 and an 8.7 there's no tomato meter score yet mm-hmm. but cnn said after randall's since departed biological dad william and the family's troubled uh, uncle, Nikki, who's also a character who comes out of the woodwork a little mm-hmm. bit. The prospect of another unexpected reunion risks pr- proving repetitious in ways destined to yield diminishing returns. Uh, so yeah. it's kind of a foreboding, like, hey, show, you, you don't want to <laughs> get a little, like, this is fine, but, you know, you don't want to get a little two days of our lives Yeah, I mean, but when, you know, you're five seasons in, you guess, I guess, kind of want to keep things Well, it's up. only going to go six seasons. 
Oh, like really? They, yeah, oh, okay. they have the path laid out. They've had the um, whole map for the whole thing. The only thing that's changed with the summer events the way they have been is that they're the way that they're going to get there is different. Okay. But the actual like storyline ends for every they character. They have a planned out thing. Yeah, it's going to be like How I Met Your Mother. They've had <laughs> plans in season two. Whether or not they like it, it's up to your, the viewer. Yeah. Some of the viewers, however, did have some problems with the... Uh, twist yeah let's say so first of all i was on like different forums and there were some funny just random comments and i want to read a few of those okay one of them was like limited commercial interruptions my ass yeah and no, that this, was just it this yeah no like i remember the promos were like with limited commercial interruptions so i was like oh are these gonna be like 50 minute episodes and no they were just like the normal 42 <laughs> another more intuitive comment was like did the writers really think that randall who leaves no stone unturned would neglect to look up his mother, Laurel. <laughs> yeah. William was living with him, like, in the first season. Yeah. Uh, he has her name. You don't think he'd do a search to see if if, if she had any family alive or anything yeah. like that? So that's where... That does make... Yeah, that makes sense. And then they go on behind that. They're, like, some comments were, like, I'm going to be skeptical of all deaths on the show from now on. And then someone was, like, I bet Dr. K is still alive, the old guy from the 1970s yeah. who, like, gave birth. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then they were, like... <laughs> Someone made a joke about the camera panning away from Jack's lifeless body mm-hmm. because, of course, he passes away in the yeah. fire. And suddenly he gasps. <laughs> and he's like, save the cheerleader, save the world. And then suddenly it's like, and someone responded to that, we have to go back. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Uh, and then people were throwing out these crazy scenarios like Jack's evil twin, who is also given up for adoption, will make an appearance in the season six premiere. <laughs> and then also the baby, the third baby. There's been a long-running conspiracy that I was unaware of that Kyle was switched as a baby and that he's actually still alive. (laughs) And then obviously the most, I guess, talked about joke is that apparently Randall sees a psychologist, right? Yeah, she's a therapist. Therapist, sorry. And she is no longer going to be his therapist. Yeah, he basically calls her and is like, it's nothing that you did, but um, just ever since I've uh, like been seeing you, I can't say all the things that I truly feel, so I'm going to change to a black therapist just so I can help myself. And she's like completely on board with that. Yeah, could the black therapist be Randall's mom? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, the majority of critical reviews were, again, praising Sterling K. Brown's performance. But there are some people who felt that his storyline kind of supplanted everybody else's. And so some people were like, this is Randall. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say that um, if any storyline kind of felt a little dull to me, first off, this it started off, even though it like started off with the George Floyd and coronavirus things, there was a lot of jokes and everything. It ended kind of bleak. So I was just kind of surprised by the tone shift there. But also, if there was one storyline that I kind of got bored with after a while, it was Williams. At first, I thought it was cool that you were able to see William and Laurel because you see Laurel telling William that she's pregnant along with uh, two of uh, his friends. And then you even see her supposedly die. And I was like, okay, that's kind of sad. But it just kind of dragged on and on and on. Like, uh, I believe it's like 10 minutes through the second episode. You see William actually leave Randall as a baby on the doorstep of the... um, fireplace and i was like okay like that's that's where they're gonna end it but no you kind of still see him go onto the bus and then you see that he met laurel on on the bus and it just kind of went on and on and on after a while but one of the effective things that i thought they did with this story as well with william was that as say before you see jack and rebecca and they're going to the hospital and there's a couple times at a chapel and just randomly at the hospital where jack passes william and of course you know with all the history of the show and everything that mm-hmm. was obviously emotional 
Yeah, so, so I was literally going to ask you, because like Lost, the show likes to deal a lot with flashbacks, mm-hmm. and then starting in season two, they started doing flash-forwards. Oh. The storylines <laughs> tend to run parallel with one another, enhancing the depth of everyone's relationships, right, but... With any, is it ever confusing to keep track of, or is it always like, oh, I know exactly where they are? No, and it, uh, because most of the flashbacks in this episode, at least, took place at the hospital. And one of the things that I thought was cool was that you saw scenes from the first episode yeah. that they put in, because of course this is dealing with right beforehand. And there was a teaser about the mustache or something about Peter Petrelli's face. Sorry, yeah, I'm going to call him Peter Petrelli. <laughs> His name is uh, Jack again. Basically, Jack basically what happened was right before they go to the hospital, Rebecca is um, uh, Jack is like trying to make Rebecca feel incredibly calm and he's yeah, you like don't have to describe I can do the joke. I can do yeah. oh well, I was just gonna say why that was the yeah because situation. but like they've seen him throughout the last few seasons sport a mustache and a goatee <laughs> at certain points so the fact that he's just saying oh oh he actually does yes that's part of his yeah, character you he, haven't seen all the episodes yeah because because yeah. in the episode he's like if I ever get that's a goatee yeah. yeah mustache there's the joke I we've explained it really well for you guys if you guys didn't get it beforehand you know Mandy Moore is actually pregnant in real life right Really? I didn't know that. Yeah, so she's not going to be in a ton of the season. There's going to be some missing scenes. But you did get to see old Mandy Moore, right? Yeah. Okay, so... Was that still her? I couldn't tell. Yes, they do like four hours of makeup to do her, but then they still cast old people around her. So there's like a scene in the last episode of the fourth season where we see a future flash of her next to the bed with Nikki, the uncle, or Jack's brother. (laughs) And it's like, Mandy Moore in real life is 36, and the guy who plays Nikki is like 60-something, so that's kind of weird. (laughs) Well, that's weird because Mandy Moore, when she's old, is married to someone named Miguel. I don't know if they're married or if they're together, but I think it says something about the art department for them that they're able to do the makeup so it actually looks like she's old enough to be playing that yeah. character con- compared to like uh, How I Met Your Mother with Lillian Marshall. And do you Marshall know- was like bald. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you know if um, William was the same actor that played him in the first episode? I don't know if they brought back uh, Ron Cephas Jones, but that's the guy who played him in the first one. He was actually pitched as a villain until uh, Dan Fogelman was like, no, this is going to be a good show. We're not going to be doing the like old, he's a con man and he's trying to screw over his son. Yeah, Locke from Lost or something like that. Yeah, there's that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, again, another Lost reference. Um, let me show, ask you about a few questions about the show in general, as opposed to just talking about this episode. So the Pearsons aren't driven by dysfunction. They're not the Gallaghers, they're not the Sopranos, they're not the Bluths. <laughs> yeah. It's family friendly, despite all the heartache and tragedy. And if you look at a picture in the dictionary of like family drama, you're seeing mm-hmm. parenthood and this is us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you know when a store really wants to show off its customer service by having its employees give you the best deal, even if it means sending you to a competitor, like in like Miracle on 34th Street, when <laughs> the Macy's guy gave Santa a promotion when he kept sending parents to different stores? Yeah. Yeah. That's basically what Fox did with this series by giving it to NBC. They shopped it throughout all these other networks and they were like, this is the one you belong in because they knew it didn't belong on their network. Oh, okay. That's that's so. This was originally supposed to be on Fox, is what you're saying. Well, it was originally supposed to be a movie script, so it was like an oh, eighty-page wow. movie script about octuplets, and so Dan Fogelman had like a ton of characters, and then he ended up having to cut it down and trimming the fat, and then it became This Is Us. Mm-hmm. But before it was This Is Us, it had several other names for the actual show. Right. Um, I'm going to give you five names, and you can tell me what the real ones that they were. Actually, just tell me true or false whether or not these were actual names that were okay. considered. Happy birthday false true because that remember every yeah, year yeah. they do the birthday thing and it's also jack's birthday not so just that the three kids like such an odd name to name it like it doesn't feel like the tone fits that name mm-hmm. that's that's i get that uh the art of racing with kids okay that's false <laughs> obviously <laughs> okay. 36 
True. True, because it was obviously yeah. their 36th birthday. And it's also 36 for Mandy Moore's birthday right now. So, oh, okay. <laughs> happy birthday. Um, the Story of Us. True? Mm-hmm. You got, you got most of them so far. And then A Story to Remember. False. Yeah, because okay. Mandy Moore's <laughs> movie was a, a, a walk to remember. <laughs> and that's actually where um, Milo Ventimiglia. God damn it. Oh, yeah, last name, yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> Uh, I promised I wouldn't even try it. Um, do you want to guess how much the actors are getting paid now? Like, I know it's not a big deal to maybe the just regular like fan. Like, for the whole season? Yeah, but they upped their pricing after season three because it was such a big hit. I'll say 200000 They're each... All the main leads are getting, like, $4.5 million a season. Jesus. That's a lot. Yeah. So, I mean, get yourself cast on one of these shows. Yeah, really. <laughs> watch the money just fuel in. Um... It was based on Dan Fogelman's sister's weight problem. That was where, oh, where okay. Kate's character came that from. That makes sense, yeah. Uh, then here, it's cheesy, but it's also got the network's highest rated scripted series, the only broadcast show to be nominated for an Emmy in Outstanding Drama since The Good Wife in 2011. But do you know which was the last one to actually win before this? I have no idea. Because they've been nominated. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you some answers and you tell me whether or not they're right. Okay. Prison Break, 2006. Death no, oh, sorry, just sorry. Tell me the whole. Yeah. All right. Death Valley 2009. <laughs> okay, it's not Death Valley, but it actually it was a vampire series, Friday Night Bites in 2001. No, no, no there's no. no. <laughs> Six Feet Asunder in 2008. Six Feet of Sunder? Asunder. 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 That's so not six feet under. No, no, no. It's asunder. I'm, I'm pretty sure. Um, no, it was actually 24 in 2008. Or oh, 2006. Okay. Apologize. What season was that? I think it's the fifth. The one where the president did something really snarky. Yeah, that was yeah. a good season. It was? Okay. Uh, point is, does this deserve to be in the conversation with shows like Better Call Saul, Bodyguard, Succession, Ozark? Because those are the other shows that are running for these outstanding drama series i mean yeah I, I would say it's definitely better than i feel like something like parenthood or you know those other shows well you never saw parenthood how would you know that i saw the first episode of parenthood when i premiered oh cool wait wait parenthood parenthood yeah i was like really young you would have been super young like how old do you think you were like 10 <laughs> you know this show gets a lot of props for weaving in a lot of time periods in their stories and showing characters at different points of their life yeah but it reminds me of another show that probably went unrecognized for doing the same exact thing. What was it? Uh, me, Myself, and I. Remember that Bobby Moynihan show where oh. they showed him at three <laughs> different times of his life and they always recast him as John Larroquette or that young Sheldon looking guy? Yeah, I mean, that show didn't even make it past his first season, right? Well, I'm just saying that it does similar things that this show does and it doesn't get nearly as much credit. Yeah, I think that one of the funniest jokes that happens in this episode is near the end. It was kind of a cheesy scene where Randall and his wife, Beth, are talking and uh, Beth is giving Randall a pep talk. And uh, basically... This is Randall, after the fight with his brother? Yeah, this is the, like, the very last scene right before we see that Laurel still alive. And Randall says the line about uh, sourest lemons life has to offer right after uh, Beth has said uh, darkest before dawn and all that. And right after Randall says his line, she's like, all right, that's your thing. I was doing my thing. Can we do my thing? And so I feel like that's a lot of the like scenes in this show go for the wholesome angle. It's not just the wholesome angle. It's like drawing your connection and then lulling you into kind of crying. Yeah. (laughs) As, as Daily Beast put it in their review. Um, it's not just that the characters themselves are, fun to watch or that you really could feel compassionate for them apparently the people behind those actual characters are like a big family like milo who's the biggest name on the show uh he's considered an overly nice dude like he shows up on like irrationally so he shows up (laughs) 
on set or used to before COVID when he didn't have scenes to do. He even showed up <laughs> after his death scene to play his dead body so that Mandy Moore had something to oh, act against cool. because I'm... she was expecting to come in there and just work against a bed frame in oh, a yeah. hospital. Yeah, because I was going to say, I know that the Hateful Eight did a similar thing where it's like the dead bodies were actually the actors. Yeah. yeah. He also did this. He sh- donated his Chevy Chevelle for the show, the mm-hmm. car, the car oh, that he drives cool. there. And he gave the money that they, the auction money to cast and crew for uh, the burger and coffee trucks, which you know that they're really pretty. Because we have um, an uncle and cousin in the industry, and yeah. they always talk about when people are really nice to them, and they're, right, like, yeah. they don't have to be. You can get some divas on the cast, and it doesn't sound like anybody <laughs> is is that here. Even the guy playing a diva in the first few seasons, like Kevin's character was sort of like Vinny from um, Entourage. Oh, yeah. He's also, <laughs> but he's gone through his own path, and uh, apparently on the show he's become much nice. No. <laughs> uh, yeah, so... So he it, apparently the place where he played, I'm talking about Kevin's character right. now. Uh, he went to rehab on the show, and that was the same place he actually had his wedding in real life. And he almost stayed in the same room that they in his character did <laughs> as his wedding person. Did. That so it's is weird, strange. yeah. Because yeah. you know that where actors can pay for those really over the top uh, places to go for their rehab that are just like way too expensive yeah. and and nice looking, and they're literally like a wedding venue yeah, in real life. <laughs> Was there any mention of Malik in this episode? Malik, yeah, is, yeah, Malik is um, Randall's uh, daughter's boyfriend. boyfriend yes, and yeah. he's a, also got a kid. Yeah. Oh wait, Malik does. Yes, he does. That's strange because he's like eighteen mm-hmm. in the show or something. Yeah. yeah. Basically, we got a quick scene between them where they kind of talk about the George Floyd death uh, between Randall and Malik, and um, and Malik also came with burgers <laughs> because that's apparently that's what they ate when Malik first met his daughter. So. Okay, yeah. The only reason I laugh is someone made a joke online about the fact that Malik and uh, they find out that Randall are related somehow because <laughs> because of everybody yeah. else being related. and yeah, Everything connects. Yeah. Was there anything else in this episode that we haven't touched upon? Just to say one more thing about the William thing. Um, I didn't really like how they kind of tried to make it seem like William had a reason to leave his kid. Like in the first episode, I thought it was really cool how um, Randall went to William's door and like knocked on it and like tried to talk to him. Also, William mm-hmm. apparently had been living in the same place for years upon years. Yeah. He didn't try to run away from his kid. Right, exactly. But that's that's kind of, I kind of wish that they went that angle a little bit because here it just felt like they were trying to humanize. Is he dead? Yes, he passed away in the beginning of the, or the end of the first season. Yeah, I was going to ask. He lived with them for a while, and Beth was sort of the caretaker and confidant. Yeah, and I think that, like, a lot of shows try to kind of almost fall into that um, mistake a little bit where they try to humanize someone by being like, oh, you should be really sad they're dead. And it's just like, I didn't really, that's probably of all the, like, show, the thing I didn't buy the most. So that's the storyline that lagged. Yeah. Okay. But everything else was good. We got the twins storyline. We have the adoption storyline, which the Pearsons are very familiar with. Yeah. And, like they, they and there was a, there was a funny scene where you talk about um, Jack being like overly nice in this episode when uh, Rebecca is in the hospital. He forgot the radio and he's like, oh, no, I forgot the radio. I'll, I'll find a radio. I'll be right back. Well, so. As long as it's not a toaster, because the toaster is what's known to have like killed him. Oh. <laughs> yeah, no, but then by the... he was a firefighter. People also thought that 9-11 would be the thing that <laughs> oh, geez, kicked him out. That'd be really dark. Yeah. But um, anyways, by the end of the first episode, he's like running around trying to find a radio. So, yeah. Yeah. So family drama, comedy, tragedy, what you come to expect. Critics mm-hmm. liked it. Fans were liking it for the most part. Some of them think it's jumped the shark and that everything's a soap opera now. But besides them, 
uh, it seems like this is a great way to start the season. Oh, uh, so season six, again, is their final season. Mm-hmm. They will wrap things up. It seems like they're already setting sort of the conclusion. What Did it feel like that? Could it? No, it didn't really feel like the show was setting up for any big type of conclusion. Fogelman said that it was birth and rebirth are the big thematic uh, parts of this season. So maybe we're going to see more, again, rebirth because you're going to see a lot of kids being born and stuff. Yeah, it, it definitely felt like this season was focusing because every single character had like something going on with like a kid. It's moving away from the big three being about them and being more about their lives. Right, and yeah. as, I don't know. But I think that about wraps things up for this episode of today's episode. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you on the next one. Bye. Bye.